It is Free Talk Live from Fort Fest 2022, day number six here at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. And in hindsight, it's a good thing that, you know, at the beginning of each show, we, we sort of say what day of the Porcupine or the Fort Fest it is, because as it happens, due, due to an issue last night, we ended up running the previous day's show during the first segment. And I didn't ask, but I suspect it was the fact that I said, it's the fourth day of Fork Fest. And no one agreed that made us aware oh we this is the first segment that we played yesterday that got fixed really really quickly right i mean no harm no foul right, certainly right. but we are here live at roger well we're not live you're li- we're live right now obviously but you're listening to the pre-recorded it's called live to tape version of the show <laughs> here at fork fest 2022 a mini golf game coming up this afternoon after the show around five o'clock it's going to be uh interesting apparently uh you guys had a fire here last night it's i ended up in a nearby town doing stuff that i don't want to talk about on the air yeah but you guys had a fire here last night had like 15 to 30 people i think estimated at the peak right something along those lines we had a good time uh we did have our our first fork fest faux pas and that was uh somebody first this year uh, this year yeah uh that was somebody sort of took a step backwards, probably stepped on one of the, the logs waiting to be put on the fire and sort of fell backwards. And, you know, the, the way the guy went down, we thought, oh, there's, there's going to be an injury. Sure. And uh, folks rushed over, and then he just started laughing. And See, so I turns regular- out he's all right. I regularly rant about people walking backwards. It's really bad if you go into like Walmart or something. This is one of the reasons I go to Target now instead of Walmart. It's not because people at Target are less stupid. There's just a lower density people of people. People at Walmart walk backwards? Yeah. And, oh. and it happens all the time if you pay attention to it. Like someone will just be standing there in the aisle and then without paying any attention, they'll just start, start taking steps backwards to get to somewhere else. And humans are not designed to do that. And when I pointed out to people, they're like, I've never noticed that. Like, you know, like people walk backwards. They do it all the time. And it's bizarre to me that people do it instead of just taking the extra second to actually turn around and make sure you're not backing over a pile of wood or something. These things happened last night. People were drinking and stuff like that. So that makes it way more understandable. But it does happen a lot at, you know, Walmart is one of the ones I remember most was like I was trying to enter and there was this old guy in front of me and his wife or his, I don't know who it was with him. I don't remember all of the specifics, but it was this older gentleman and someone that was with him was pulling out a cart and he was stopped right there at the entrance of the second doorway. So there, there was no getting past him at this point. And then without warning, inexplicably, without looking around, without doing anything, dude just starts walking backwards directly into me <laughs> and then turns around and goes, oh, excuse you. Like, uh, wow. and I was like, oh, okay. Cool. I was like, oh, yes, ex- excuse me for, you know, standing here while you decided you wanted to walk backwards. I didn't say that because, you know, I tend to be nicer to strangers than that. But I was like, okay, yeah, sorry. Excuse me. I think I said, oh, or my bad or something like that. My bad is like my generic go-to reaction whenever anything happens. And it doesn't mean I did anything wrong. It's just, hey, I acknowledged a thing happened. And yeah. whether or not I was at fault is kind of irrelevant. But it happens a lot. You know that uh, these stores, uh, Walmart, Target included, and grocery stores particularly, they all design their traffic, their foot traffic. When you walk in the door, it's all designed to make you go to the right and then yes. circle around to the left. So whenever I go shopping, I try to do the opposite of that because, like, they're trying to maximize their profit and sort of, you know, market you into buying more than you came to the store for. And so I try to just go against that. So I'll immediately go to the left 
And it does kind of create sometimes, because people are going with the natural flow of, yeah. of the store, the way it's designed. And so sometimes it creates like a, a counter current, you know, to the store traffic yeah. flow. See, but, what's weird about the one in Keene is like the super centers, they have the, you know, there's that interior area that's not really in the store yet. They have two sets mm-hmm. of doors at every Walmart. That's usually where they have the cart set is that interior area. Yeah. But this one in Keene is too small for that. So you go in and the carts are sort of right there in front of you. A lot of people, most people I've noticed, tend, tend to grab the handle from there and back the cart out and then go all the way around where I go all the way up to the front and just grab the cart by the front. The front right, yeah. Because that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. And, it's, and it's designed for that. It is designed yeah. for that. I was never sure. I always get weird looks. From, well, not weird looks from people, but I can tell people. You like, always oh. get weird looks from people. That's true. I do. But anyway, <laughs> in, in stuff coming up, we're going to be talking about California and why they need to secede, says one group. Also, right-wing hillbillies. I'm calling them hillbillies. The article didn't. Yelling at an empty building that they evidently thought was putting on a drag show. I, I don't know if they got confused or if they were just, you know, on meth like hillbillies tend to be. And they were imagining drag queens. I don't know what was going on. It reminds on. me of the, the Simpsons guy. Man, old man yells at cloud. <laughs> <laughs> it is very similar to that. But first, I want to talk about this article that you brought in about how Americans seem to be willing, more willing than ever, to take up arms, I believe, against the American government. Is that correct? Tell me more about well, this. Well, so this is from RT.com, so you know we know what that means. It's Russian got, propaganda, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Got a bit wrong. of a slant to it, but uh, the information in here is interesting. Uh, the number of Americans willing to take up arms revealed. Most people in the U.S. see government as rigged against them, and a quarter mole pushing back with violence, a poll shows. So there sounds to me like they're saying it's 25%. I would certainly agree with these people that, you know, the government is rigged against them. They are not the government. That's the widespread myth in the United States. Like, yes. no, we, we're a democracy, so we are the government. No, 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 no. <laughs> Try to gover- stop the government from doing anything. Yeah, the government is the government, and they're going to do what they want, and there's almost no actual accountability. And the government has arrayed itself to be our enemy. You know, it didn't have to be this way. I mean, it kind of did because that's sort of the definition of government. But if they somehow had magically actually followed the Constitution and given us a minimal government, it wouldn't be as widespread this belief that, you know, the government is allied against us. And that that's a sad way to exist, right? The government, the, the ultimate authority throughout the country hates us and wants to oppress us. It's our enemy. It made us its enemy. Yeah, and this says almost half of Americans feel like strangers in their own country, a new opinion poll has revealed. It also claims that the majority of people consider their government as a corrupt institution working against them, with more than a quarter saying it may be necessary to take up arms. See, I just I don't agree with that thing. I think violence just begets more violence. I agree. You know, if they if they violently overthrow the government to instill whatever government, I mean, they're not even doing this from a libertarian perspective. Presumably, they're probably coming at it from the point of view of conservatives, right? You know, Trump really won the election in two thousand twenty or whatever. That's probably how they're coming at it, and they want to make a more conservative version of America. To me, this is all just evidence that the American experiment failed. By definition, in, in the United States, even if even if conservatives weren't upset about losing the 2020 election or whatever, by definition, at least half of the people in the United States, even if everyone voted, at least half of the people or just short of half the people are going to be under a set of rulers and laws that they find intolerable. 
that's a that's a bad freaking system. Yeah, and I think that most people, you know, maybe save for our usual listeners uh, and folks in the liberty community, most people don't even consider that America was an experiment. The idea yeah. was to just, hey, uh, instead of having this giant thing of violence and evil, let's try and have the smallest one possible. And that was the experiment. And clearly it has failed because we now have the largest empire ever seen on planet Earth. It has certainly failed and it hasn't been pretty. You know, most people think that the United States government, they don't realize how bad it really is. I tend to think that more than more than we care to think of the people in the United States are anarchists. They don't consider themselves anarchists, but they don't vote. They don't partake in the system. They don't pay attention to the news. They're just trying to live their lives. And for the most part, they're able to ignore this thing called government because its oppressions against them are difficult to notice, right? Yeah. The, the the inflation is there and all of the you know things we don't have because regulations prevented anyone from inventing the flying car or the hoverboard or whatever. Yep. Those things aren't there, but it's hard for them to, to really look around and say, okay, yes, the government has taken these things away from us. They're oppressing us. They destroyed our currency. So to them, the U.S. government is sort of tolerable. Well, and it the number of people who sort of you know, take a more freedom-oriented view are usually people who get sucked up into the churn of government. Absolutely. There is more coming up about Americans being sick of how things are. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Day number six of ForkFest 2022. Of course, ForkFest is here for Independence Day, sort of, but Independence Day, that is the 4th of July, is taking place on a Monday this year, which means that July the 3rd is going to be the, the celebration here. And I imagine most of the people doing campfire or doing, you know, cookouts and all of that kind of American crap that people like so much with their potato salad and their American flag napkins. I assume they're probably doing that tomorrow. Or, or I mean, I guess some of them, it's a holiday, so some of them might, the bankers may be doing it Monday. Yeah, I, I'm thinking Sunday would be the night, and, you know, Monday would be the travel day for most folks. Mm, yeah, good point. I mean, of course, the bankers have plenty to celebrate on Independence Day. Not so much the average American who is being bankrupted by their by their country, and some of them feel out of place in the United States. So I got to tell you, I'm not upset by the by these right wing conservatives, presumably, who suddenly feel out of place in the United States. I'm like, oh, cry me a river. I wouldn't at all know what that's like. So that, and that's what we're talking about here. It's this article that you brought in, Captain, about how Americans feel out of place and they are more inclined now than ever to react to the government and all of its evils with violence. Something like 25%, I believe, is what you said. Yeah, the picture of public discontent was revealed by a poll published on Tuesday by the Institute of Politics of the University of Chicago. Two polls or two pollsters, one from each major party, surveyed a 1,000 registered voters to study divisions in the country. 
The results showed a high level of dissatisfaction across political and ideological lines in the U.S. In total, 49% said they increasingly felt like strangers in their homeland, with the mood more prevalent among Republicans, independents, and conservatives. But even Democrats feel the alienation, with 40% agreeing with the sentiment to some degree. So it doesn't seem to matter what your political alignment is, more and more folks are certainly dissatisfied with you know, the largesse and the evil of this institution that we call government. I mean, that makes sense. The institution itself has failed. It's not a Democrat problem. It's not a Republican problem. It's not a conservative or liberal problem. The plain fact of the matter is that the institution that is the United States of America has failed. It represents no one. And it never could have represented anyone, but any accountability and representation that may have once existed has long since been swept away by the banking institutions, the financial system that props up the entire war apparatus, the imperialism, the the drones, the bombing, the death, the murder, the widespread destruction, the theft, all of that swept away. And they're looking around going, hey, I don't feel like this is actually representing me. Well, when asked if they considered the government corrupt and rigged against everyday people like me, 56% of respondents said they did. Democrats were the only group where the share of people who disagreed with the statement was slightly larger than those who agreed by a 2% point margin. Hold on, run this by me again. Democrats are more likely to believe the government is allied against them. Is that correct? Democrats were the only group who, where the share of people who disagreed with the statement the statement being corrupt and rigged against everyday people like me uh, was slightly larger than those who agreed by a 2% point margin. They worded that in such a strange way, but I think it means that Democrats feel like the government is not against them more so than conservatives do. If I'm understanding, if yeah. I'm parsing all of that correctly, I they, think so. They really should have worded that better. But that, that to me, suggests that Democrats, the Democratic Party, is not, in fact, the party of minorities in the United States. Because I know a lot of people who count themselves as, as minorities to one degree or another, and. All of them know intuitively that the government is a little bit more against them than it is against the average person. And that's that's the same reason bullies pick on the weakest kid or the most the least popular kid or whatever. Yeah. They're likely least likely to meet resistance at that point. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this article today is because you know, the July 4th weekend, as most folks call it, I like to refer to it as Independence Day. Sure. Right. Um, you know, I want folks to sort of... Well, it's a memorial of independence. I mean, the, the level of dependence that people have on the United States government at this point. And I mean, the United States government isn't, isn't even fully independent of the United Kingdom. That was the whole idea behind this experiment, right? As it, would, it would be the self-contained country with no entangling alliances, free trade with all, friends with all, enemies of none. And then you look around today and it's this warmongering leviathan that is allied with half the planet against the other half of the planet. Yeah, you're right. The uh, Independence Day is a little more like a funeral that you have every year for something that people used to it's value and believe in. Yeah. Uh, so the following I found very interesting, considering that, you know, Independence Day and all that kind of thing. Right. The statement that, quote, it may be necessary at some point soon for citizens to take up arms against the government was supported by 28% of Americans. And that that's soon? 
Is it, that what they said? It may be necessary at some point soon for citizens to take up arms against the government. Was supported by 28% of Americans, including 38% conservative, 36% Republican, 35% independent, and 37% of those who have guns in their homes. Even among self-described soft Democrats, 19% said armed resistance may be necessary. Well, I mean, their hearts are in the right place. I, I would just encourage them to reflect on the likeliest outcome of all of this, and it's just going to be a different form of tyranny. Oh, Sadly, none of these people are libertarians. They're not a pr- Some of the independents may be libertarians, but the, the conservatives, the Republicans, the Democrats, they're not approaching this from a position of creating a freer society. They want a state that is more representative of what they believe is best for everyone, not one that allows people to make the decisions on their own behalf of what they think is best. And I think the latter is the only one that can actually work in the long run. And that's not even a state at that point. That's anarchism and that's freedom. Right. So I think the very idea of the state has failed. And I understand why these people born and raised in the United States, they want to take control of the state and use it to enforce their way of life onto everyone else because they firmly believe in their heart of hearts that their way is the one true way. But they're, they're wrong. Peace is the one true way. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, While supporters of the major parties distrust their government, they don't like each other much either, the poll suggested. A resounding 73% of Republicans agreed that Democrats were bullies trying to impose their views on others. (laughs) That is so ironic. And 70% said Democrats are generally untruthful. When Democrats were asked the same two questions about Republicans, 74 and 69% were the percentages. So both of them are calling the other ones bullies. Bullies and untruthful. Bully, bullying liars. I mean, that's, again, that's just. And they're both right. They are. And it's more evidence that this entire experiment has just failed and that breaking apart the United States is, is really just the only way forward. I would rather see it broken down to the smallest the smallest increment possible, the level of the individual. Yes, absolutely. And and it's kind of like, you know, if you look at it like a food pyramid, you want to make sure that you start at the top. And yeah. at the top should always be the individual. Absolutely. Which doesn't leave much room for a state. And that's the reason that these Democrats and the Republicans, that's the reason they stand against individualism. There is more coming up here from Fork Fest. It is Free Talk Live. For a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It rained there for about 12 seconds. And I mean, it was a very brief rain. It was more like a sprinkle. Squall. A little bit of water fell from the sky. I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. Head on over to take a few minutes out of your day to learn about this important 
Well, changing technology, as I understand it, Bitcoin is still down, hovering around the $19,000 mark. I don't know. I don't pay that much attention to it because I have bill conditions that, you know, make the value of Bitcoin per coin kind of meaningless to me. But you don't have those conditions, so you should be learning about Bitcoin. Head on over. That's Bitcoin.com. Click getting started at the top of the page and take just a few minutes out of your day to learn about it. And if you do already know about it, news.bitcoin.com allows you to stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you, all on a sleek, easy-to-use modern website. That's news.bitcoin.com. And with you today, it's Aria. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. And I have a story here that I want to get into, right? There's been a lot said about, you know, abortion and all of that nonsense. It's not an issue that I particularly care about because I'm not, I don't think I'm capable of having children at this point. After you've been on estrogen long enough, you kind of lose the ability to have children. It's, What's an abortion? An abortion is what no, people uh, have when they do An abortion. An abortion. Did I say an abortion? No, I'm just being facetious. Okay. So, and, you know, people have been crying about that left and right, and I don't particularly care about it. However, MSNBC is taking a different approach. You know, Congress has let the Supreme Court run amok, which is interesting to me because Congress aren't the ones who appoint Supreme it's, Court justices. That statement sounds like uh, Congress is the Supreme Court's parents, and they've sort of let them out into the playground that was a bit muddy. Well, I mean, sort of in theory, it it would work that way in a system of checks and balances and stuff like that, except that's really not how it works. And the way that the American system is set up, the president is the parent who has let them run amok, right? Mm. And the Supreme Court is the parent of the Senate that the would let Supreme the Senate Court. run amok. And uh, the president would be the one required to check Congress or not let them run amok or whatever. Yeah, but they don't do any of that. No, they don't do any of it. It's supposed to work like that, or so we're told. But in reality, it doesn't and never has. No, it's completely fictitious. It may have worked that way for like the first few days or maybe even the first the first year or two within the United States experiment. But it hasn't worked that way in my entire lifetime or anywhere near my entire lifetime. But MSNBC, they do love crying. And there just isn't a whole lot happening in the world today worth talking about. So I want to make fun of MSNBC. And what are they the, crying about now? Well, the Supreme Court. I mean, they clearly don't understand the entire way that the American system is set up. If they think that Congress is supposed to check the power of the Supreme Court, then they've lost their minds. Um, how pretentious is it for you to call it the Supreme Court? Well, it's the most authoritative court, and that's where they get the name from. We are better than all other courts ever invented. We are the best court ever. We are the Supreme Court. They certainly think so. The Supreme Court ended its term Thursday, having produced a string of decisions that, with casual brutality, threatened Americans' privacy, health, and well-being. Democrats, in the face of this assault on the rights and privileges of their constituents, haven't responded with the necessary anger or urgency. And I love... I love how, despite having read that paragraph, people on the left will continue to assert that MSNBC is unbiased. That was, <laughs> that was some of the most biased wording I've read this year. The framers intended Congress to be the most powerful of the three branches of government. Good God, this guy failed civics. Hayes Brown, civics student, F. None of the branches of government were supposed to be the most powerful. They were supposed to be equal, and they were supposed to check each other's power right. in like a, a well-balanced triangle. 
I don't know how this guy came to the conclusion that Congress was supposed to be the most powerful. Congress is supposed to, I, it's supposed to be the least effective, I would suggest. They knew that, you know, several hundred representatives and several hundred senates, if, if there were actually two political parties, they would just be deadlocked all the time. Well, it seems to me that Congress is the opposite of progress. They think, yes, consisting of representatives of the people and the states, which is not the case here in the U.S., but whatever. The executive was to be feared and constrained. Look, no part of the American government was meant to be feared by the framers who wrote the Constitution. They thought the government was supposed to be afraid of the people, and they made that pretty clear. Yeah, this guy seems to, well, I mean, perhaps he went to public school. I I have... I have to conclude he did. The executive was to be feared and constrained. The judiciary was, in comparison, an afterthought, mostly left to future Congress to craft. In drafting the Federalist Papers, Alexander Hamilton, the original fascist, really, considered the courts the least dangerous to the political rights of the Constitution. So, and that's a bad thing? I mean, that to me sounds like a good thing. They wanted Congress to be more dangerous to the political rights of the Constitution than the Supreme Court, yeah. when the Supreme Court are literally the ones who decide what is and isn't deemed to be constitutional. Yeah, but they don't have to wear robes and that kind of crap. They don't have to, but I like that they still choose to, right? Uh, It'd be no, like, I don't. I want a Supreme Court that still wears the powdered wigs, right? I mean, if they're going to sit there with all the pomp and circumstance with their special little j- robes and stuff like that, they should at least wear the powdered wigs. Give them some giant gavels. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have them. What we've seen this term is a court determined to prove Hamilton wrong. While Congress has the ability to curtail the authority that the unbalanced, undemocratic courts have accumulated, there seems to be almost no drive among Democrats to even challenge the third branch. And again, that's because that's not the purview of Congress. That's Joe Biden. If he wants to appoint, you know, five more Supreme Court justices, he can do so. The thing is, they just historically have agreed that there should be nine. I really want to see the Supreme Court with, like, olives and green peppers and sour cream and, you know, all the things that that, that make your taco or burrito or your pizza a supreme. It's just the sour cream. That that's what dis- distinguishes the plain burrito from the burrito supreme. Yeah, but the supreme pizza is like green peppers and black olives and you know that kind of a thing. Sure. Onions, but that's pizza. Let me clarify that I do not propose invalidating well, pizza, the wait, pres- pizza. Can be a burrito. You just got to roll it up. But then it's a rolled up pizza. Well, or a or flat a burrito. Yes, or a flat burrito. Let me clarify that I do not propose invalidating the principle of judicial review, whereby the courts have the authority to block and overturn legislative and executive actions. The Supreme Court's function as arbiter of the Constitution is an important and needed one, given the possible abuses from the other branches. So they they seem to be hitting at the point here that, in theory, these three branches of government should check each other's power. And they're not doing so, but because of that, we need the others to check the power of the Supreme Court, because that way, Congress won't need to be checked. I don't understand what Who this checks guy's saying. the checkers of the checkers that are being checked? Uh, clearly, no one, and that's part of the. I mean, no one's checking the power of the Supreme Court, certainly, and no one's checking the power of the legislative branch, and no one's checking the power of the executive branch. They're all just doing whatever the hell they want, and it doesn't matter what the Constitution says. It's it, like. Uh, businesses do this thing called a CSAT, right? And it just, it means your customer satisfaction level. Yeah. And they do all these things to measure it. Government will never do that. 
And this is why, because it's never going to have a satisfactory score. Nothing about government will ever be satisfactory to anyone ever because it is based in violence and coercion. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, they sort of do track approval ratings and stuff like that. And that's sort of of individuals, of individuals, like politicians themselves. Yeah. Generally speaking, because they're just worried about the next election. They don't give a crap about any of us. No, of course not. And the, the great myth is that, you know, these people have come to the conclusion that these people do. It's a power that is more easily used to strike down than to build. I wish that was the case because then there would be fewer laws on the books than there are. As Vox is, of course, they're quoting Vox. Ian Milheiser has noted, while the court can't establish an agency to protect the rights of citizens, it can absolutely erase one out of this existence. And that's not true. It can protect the rights of citizens by arguing that, hey, you know, actually the affordable Care Act that forces Americans to buy this certain thing, that's actually unconstitutional. They just choose not to. In my lifetime, I don't think I've ever heard the Supreme Court say anything is unconstitutional. But there's more coming up. MSNBC tears to be drank. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live here at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. We're celebrating Forkfest. It's a decentralized continuation, sort of alternative to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I think most of the people here actually attended the Porcupine Freedom Festival as well. I think there were a few people who popped in who weren't here for the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but that's sort of rare. Check out the unofficial website at forkfest.party if you want to learn more about it. No one is in charge. So everyone is in charge. Just put together whatever event you think people should have. And, you know, if people if it sounds interesting, people will come because that's what ForkFest is. No one's in charge. No one's putting anything together unless you do it yourself. So check it out. ForkFest.party. We're here making fun of MSNBC. And there's more coming up. Talk, like Trump's social media company. That's Truther, I believe, or Truth or Truth Social, whatever the hell they're being called, has been subpoenaed. Also, someone's arguing that California needs to prepare to secede from the nation as a result of abortion and gun rulings from the Supreme Court. But right now we're talking about this MSNBC article that is just freaking out about how, for some reason, Congress has not reigned in the power of the Supreme Court. And I just don't know how they think Congress is supposed to do this. What legal mechanism is there that would allow Congress to pass a law or whatever saying the Supreme Court, they could amend the Constitution, I suppose, but that would be the extent of it. This author uh, sounds like, well, many folks who are caught in the fog of statism, it's, it's a temper tantrum. The it's art, definitely a the article is a temper tantrum. It's, <laughs> Mom, Dad, Billy hit me. Make them hit him back. I mean, that's sort of what MSNBC always has, right? They're 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 always crying about something. I'm just sort of surprised they're not talking about Donald Trump at the moment. I know, you know, a year ago, if you went there, if if you looked for any of their articles, it was all complaining about Donald Trump or whatever, or the the January the sixth hearings because they love beating that dead horse. But now they're talking, they're complaining about the Supreme Court, but too often the role of Congress in limiting the power of the courts is reduced to the Senate's, quote, advise and consent function in confirming judges and justices. Well, they don't have any other constitutional mechanism 
for doing anything about the Supreme Court. All they can do is confirm and deny justices. That should be more properly seen as a check on the executive's power to name members to the court rather than a check on the judiciary. As for checking the judiciary itself, the Constitution grants Congress wide leeway to address how the federal courts function and to respond to Supreme Court rulings, none of which I think is true, but whatever. In Thursday, apparently one of the other things that leftists are upset about right now is the Supreme Court's ruling something about nuclear energy that it sort of neutered the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to regulate nuclear or something. I don't know. I heard some hubbub about that, but I mean, it's just an illustration that the people are not the government. The government is it is made up of people, but it is not in control of the people in any way, shape, or form. And it's almost impossible for it to actually be that. Yeah, but you know they're not ready to face that particular truth yet. In Thursday's West Virginia versus Environmental Protection Agency, a six to three majority found that the EPA had overstepped the bounds of the Clean Air Act in administering clean energy regulations. And you know, I I'm just sort of impressed that the Supreme Court is doing anything to roll back the power of any branch of government, even the executive and the Environmental Protection Agency. I'm all for it. Abolish the EPA and all of the other agencies by the federal government, but this is at least better than allowing them to continue their powers unchecked. The fix should be one of the simplest available. Congress is well within its rights to pass a new law explicitly stating, yes, the EPA does have this authority. Mm -hmm. And yes, Congress could do that. But they're not doing that, and it, they haven't done that, and therefore the Supreme Court, I mean, is correct. The Supreme Court isn't out of control here. Congress just isn't doing the job that MSNBC thinks they should be doing. The, the fact that they could create a law saying that doesn't mean they did create a law saying that. It doesn't mean that the EPA has the authority. In fact, they clearly don't, and Congress has yet to give it to them. Mm-hmm. In Thursday's case, however, the Supreme Court used the so-called major questions doctrine, which it has used seemingly at random to strike down regulations. It's a practice that Congress should be able to curtail, but there has been no movement from lawmakers to force the court to clarify the doctrine or to craft language to assert its ability to delegate authority. This goes on for quite a long time, and I'm pretty much done with it. There's not much more to say. This guy's delusional, and what he wants is not going to happen. This is the minutia of government that uh, what I like to refer to as legal nerds, they get caught up in. Uh, folks who either think that the system can can work somehow if they just get in and like, oh, if we just pass the right thing and make the right moves, you know, make the correct uh, moves on the chessboard that we'll get things, that we'll get fixed and we'll get things going our way. And it never happens. It never happens. You don't have any control over the government. It's not your government. It's not controlled. Try and get them to stop doing anything you don't like. Try. Go ahead and try. You can't. No, they're going to do what they want to do. And, you know, it's sad to me that these people don't realize that. They, they're they holding out hope that somehow, magically, something can change and we can make the government be held accountable or whatever. You're absolutely right, though. It doesn't represent any of us. It's, it's an evil institution that does whatever it wants. And the dispute between people on the left and the right that we see today is, is something like 25% of Americans think that a... It's, 
Soon it will be necessary to take up arms against the government. People fighting over the Environmental Protection Agency, abortion, gun rights, all of these other things. To me, it's just more of the mounting evidence that the United States experiment has failed and that the system that creates a population that is 50% unhappy at least is doomed to fail and it's time for it to break up. I'm not the only one who says this, though. Of course, here in New Hampshire, we have NH Exit, which it's was a drive to get New Hampshire to secede. And fantastic. Like, I think we maybe uh, are on track to be the first state to secede. It would look that way with uh, Governor Sununu recently passing a law or signing a law that says something to the effect of state and local law enforcement agencies cannot assist the federal government in enforcing their firearms regulations. However, it does have an exemption that completely neuters the entire thing. That exemption yeah. is wide enough that one can drive a truck. Through. It is. And it's so vague. Yeah. It's just hugely vague. But Matthews, I don't even know who Matthews is. He's someone being written about by Mercury News. California needs to prepare to secede from the nation. And I love hearing about any sort of secession. Hell yes. New Hampshire exit. You know, we had a we had a hearing in the House of Representatives here, a committee hearing. And then, you know, people spoke out in favor of it and against it in the actual House of Representatives. So... According to the people from CalExit and TechSit and some of these other places, New Hampshire currently has the lead as far as secession movements go, which isn't surprising. New Hampshire has a lot of libertarians here who want to see yeah. secession. But I, you know, if if California beats us to it, I don't I, I don't care. Yeah. I just want it to happen. Once one state secedes, I think it's going to trigger a domino effect. And why not learn from the past? Right. Uh, the the big joke is we learn from the past that people seldom learn from the past. Well, we have an opportunity right in front of us, and that is. To learn from the past, we know all empires die. We know that some kind of a breakup will eventually happen. Will it take a financial collapse to really, you know, spurn it forward? But it is going to happen just like it happened to Soviet Russia. And so let's get ahead of that curve. We know the empire is in the throes of decline based on historical examples. So we have an opportunity to get ahead of it. So instead of waiting for it to break up and have some sort of armed conflict or, you know, even some kind of civil war or something like that, instead of waiting for that, let's get ahead of the curve and let's just secede now. Yeah, that way we can do it peacefully. Yeah. And, you know, we can avoid so much of the catastrophe that tends to come with the collapse of an empire. Yes, absolutely. To encourage us to think about the unthinkable, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists sets a doomsday clock showing how close humanity is in metaphorical seconds to the midnight of apocalypse. And this is all conjecture and speculation and stuff like that. No one really knows how far we are from, you know, complete destruction. I tend to think that from the creation of the nuclear bomb, they were accurate in, you know, putting us no more than 15 minutes away from destruction. Yep. But, I mean, to say that, you know, we're we're 60 seconds away or whatever, that, that to me is, is probably panicking and overreacting to the situation on the ground. But what do I know? California now needs an independence clock showing how close we are to the seemingly unthinkable moment when our state may depart the United States and become an independent nation. We, we give California a lot of crap on this show, and they've earned it. Oh, yeah. But it would be, the irony would not be lost on me if California were the first state to secede. Well, it's not impossible, right? The issue of abortion is definitely polarizing enough to cause something like this. It'll be interesting to see how things go on, and we're going to continue talking about CalExit, California secession, 
here from Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It was a little bit overcast earlier. It's just about a clear blue sky now, though. Absolutely beautiful day up here in the mountains, I believe. And I can't blame these people for having some weddings up here. I think the wedding actually took place last night, oh. or at least a wedding took place last night. I'm, I, it's unclear. I did take a walk around the campsite here with uh, uh, my dog uh, yesterday, and I noticed that they were having the actual wedding vows and all of that stuff down there at the gazebo. But the reception seemed to be up here at the upper pavilion, and I think today the marriage has taken place in the bowl, and the reception is in the lower pavilion. I'm not entirely sure, but you know, I can't blame these people for having it here. It is an absolutely beautiful place. It just confuses me that non-libertarians choose this place. I totally get why libertarians want to choose the nexus of porcupinism that is Rogers Campground to have their wedding. Like um, our own Matt and Nikki are getting married here next year. God willing, myself, Ian Freeman, and uh, nobody will be overseeing it. What's the word I'm looking for here? Presiding. Presiding, yes. Presiding over it. Assuming, You'll be doing the reverend stuff. Yes. Assuming, you know, Ian and I are here and, you know, free to do so. But it is an absolutely beautiful day. Forkfest.party if you want to learn more about it. Again, that's Forkfest.party. We're talking here about how Americans are unhappy. Happy Independence Day, by the way. People who are unhappy out there, 25% of you apparently think that, you know, soon... It's going to be time to take up arms against the government. I would caution I it against 28, that. 28, so more than, more oh, than a quarter. 28. Yeah, 28%. I would caution against that. I think you're just going to create a new equally terrible state if you do that. And, of course, the guy from MSNBC crying about how Congress needs to pass laws. If the Supreme Court says X is unconstitutional, then, a, the, then Congress should pass a law making it constitutional, essentially. <laughs> Last week, according to this guy, the prospect of secession for California drew closer courtesy of the U.S. Supreme Court. And I tend to think, you know, the abortion issue, I 
in hindsight, you know, if people had been alive back before the Civil War, they would probably be like, yeah, no, this slavery thing, that's not a big enough deal. People are never going to actually fight a civil war and secede over that. That's silly. They probably thought those things. And people are saying the same sort of thing about abortion today. It's like, no, this, ha, 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 that's, what a crazy idea that, that this issue. I mean, that is kind of my thought. I think I voiced as much that I was like, ah, come on, is abortion I mean, going to be the, the thing, right? One, right? You know? I, I think it's probably not going to happen as well, to be fair, but I, I can see but, how it could happen. I mean, I, I, I am all for secession. Absolutely. First, justices overturned a century of legal precedent that had allowed California communities to limit public gun possession. There's no such thing as public gun possession. They were able to limit the rights of individuals to have guns, but the public has no guns. So I just want to point that out to Joe Matthews here. They did not inhibit the right of California communities to limit public gun possession, just private gun possession. Endangering laws that have been saved, that have saved lives. Well, that's all of the evidence that we have available suggests that isn't true. The, oh, the yeah. places where guns are legal tend to have illegal tend to have the highest levels of gun violence. And you compare that to like New Hampshire, which has the height. The state of New Hampshire has more quote. Semi-auto- no, it's semi-automatic weapons than any other state in the U.S. And it also has the lowest homicide rate. Dead last. At 1 in 100,000, or fewer than 1 in 100,000. Then the court reversed Roe versus Wade and eliminated the federal constitutional right to abortion. A state constitutional right supported by majorities of Californians of every political party, region, and demographic group. And I don't know how to tell this guy this, but if it's enshrined in the California state constitution as being a right, then the Supreme Court ruling doesn't change that. Well, and rights are just supposed to be a condition of your existence. And uh, rights are a thing that you exercise, not a thing that is granted to you by men in robes or guys in suits and ties doing their work in Washington. It, that's not where rights come from. Rights are a condition of your existence. Everything else sure. is control. Well, it, I'm willing to you know, agree that the Constitution doesn't grant any rights. It just sort of recognizes the rights that already exist. But even if they argue that you know, the, the California state Constitution is recognizing the right of abortion to exist, I'm, like overturning Roe versus Wade didn't have any impact on that whatsoever. The people well, of California can still get whatever abortions they want within sure. the laws of California. Yeah. Well, and the Constitution also wasn't supposed to be this like continuing list that you keep adding stuff to. Right. If it's not covered in the list, then you're free to do as you choose. That was the whole point of the Tenth Amendment. These decisions were like earthquakes, unsettling but unsurprising. They were enacted by a far-right court majority that exists because America's anti-democratic constitution gives less representation and less voting power to California's, both in choosing a president and in electing a Senate. And I mean, so this is more crying from people on the left, which is, which is amazing. They're crying in the midst of a Democratic president. That's a new one to me. I understood why they <laughs> cried all throughout the presidency. Well, I of mean, Donald look at Trump. the look at the president. It's worth crying. It's worth laughing about. I mean, there are parts of the Joe Biden thing that make me sad, like when you know he turned around to shake people's hands or whatever, and there was no one there because everyone else was trying to you know shake Barack Obama's hand. That was kind of sad. But I wouldn't really want to cry over it. Well, I'm just saying that the uh, fact that the current regime uh, is doing nothing to stem the tide of war and debt that the government continues 
to you know uh, enslave people with. There's no other way to put that, really. Certainly, none of the none of the border camps where they're housing migrant children by the dozens or the hundreds were closed. The border policy hasn't changed. Biden has just carried on doing it. Everything Guantanamo Bay still open. Yep. None of that's ever changed. The two decisions followed a fusillade of federal failings that have harmed Californians. These include a pandemic response that cost nearly 100,000 Californian lives. And again, dude, California could have enacted whatever laws it wanted for the most part. A generation-long war on terror that killed more soldiers from California than from any other state. I'm with you a thousand percent on that one, dude. The federal government has been fighting a generation-long war on terror, and it's long past time for that war to end. However, people on the left generally want to expand that war into being a war on a virus, a a war on illness, a war on sickness. Government's got to have a hobgoblin to, you know, instill fear with. The federal government has also impeded our efforts to end the drug war and police abuses, attempts to cancel our environmental laws, denial and delay of disaster aid. To be fair, isn't California one of the other net payers to the federal government? So, I mean, if they just sort of kept the money they were paying to the federal government, they wouldn't need disaster aid from the federal government? Yeah, I don't know. Accusations that our elections are fraudulent and the violation of the rights of our immigrants and their families. Look, I'm with you on almost all of those. It is overstepping of the federal government and the people of California should be, they should have the right to create whatever leftist hellscape they want to create. And people should have the right to flee that leftist socialist nightmarish hellscape if they so choose. Well, in that last bit that you just read, you could just insert any state in there. Right. Yeah, certainly. None of those are unique to California. The violation of the rights of immigrants, their families, fraudulent elections, disaster aid, the drug war, police abuses, that, that's universal throughout the United States. And the federal government can't do anything about it because the system itself is fundamentally broken. The, to cope, California has had to behave more like a separate nation than a state. We have adopted our own immigration policy, which, by the way, is constitutional. The Constitution gave the federal government no authority whatsoever to do anything about immigration because it was just understood that, you know, it was up to the states. It didn't occur to me until just now that California literally could become California. Yep. All like name is change and the yep. whole, whole nine yards. We, California signed their own environmental treatises with other countries, funded their own research on subjects from guns to stem cells, and successfully pressured corporations to privilege our state regulations over natural national ones. But how much more can a state handle governmentally, economically, emotionally? There's more coming up about this as this leftist from California makes the case that, you know, under, Barack, under Joe Biden, California should secede. And I'm with them a thousand percent. Let's get this ball rolling. Let's break up this failed experiment. There's more coming up. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. I'm going to tell you about Life, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's a festival taking place in Prague. Head on over to LifetimeLiberty.com to learn more about it. That's LifetimeLiberty.com. It's the location. The Prague was chosen as the location because you don't have to require that you don't have to have a proof of vaccination in order to get in. 
Use code FTL20 to get 20% off at checkout. That's code, that's FTL20. LifetimeLiberty.com is going to be a great great time where they're talking about, you know, parallel structures that have risen in education and finance and all this. It allows more autonomy, more independence, and ways that people can achieve liberty in our lifetimes. That's LifetimeLiberty.com. Check it out. LifetimeLiberty.com and use code FTL20 for 20% off. With you today, it's Aria. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. And we're talking about the possibility of California secession, which I hope to see. Hope, 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 hope. They're unhappy for the wrong reasons, though. What, what, what they're perceiving as slights against the state of California just aren't, right? I mean, the, the state of California can still have its tyrannical gun laws, its, its tyrannical environmental protection laws. It can still have all of that stuff. California could end the drug war. It could end police abuses. The federal government is not stopping California from doing any of those things. This news is pretty great, though. And why do I say that? I say that because... If a state like California is considering secession for a completely different set of reasons than New Hampshire is considering secession, Mm. that just means that secession seems to be an idea that transcends political boundaries. Well, certainly. I mean, secession is uh, bigger than just left and right. And that's what people wanted to... That's when Barack Obama won his election uh, in 2008, or maybe it was 2012, and the secession petitions first really started circulating among Texas and Mississippi. All of their reasons were basically just they were unhappy that a Democratic president won. Yeah. But that's not why New Hampshire is wanting to secede. We started the New Hampshire. People have been talking about New Hampshire secession for you know fifteen years. Yeah. It's not new, and it's certainly not because of Barack Obama or Joe Biden. The same is true of Texas to a degree. It just really got kicked off under Barack Obama. Calexit is completely irrelevant whether or not it's a Republican or Democratic candidate president. It didn't get started under Donald Trump. It started before Donald Trump, back under Barack Obama, and it's carried on since. So we're talking here about Joe Matthews and his arguments that California should secede from the United States. The Supreme Court made clear last week that we can expect no future respite. They they're viewing the Supreme Court as just this oppressive institution <laughs> that is telling the people of California what they can and can't do, and that's not entirely accurate. I mean, if California wants to continue on with its tyrannical gun laws, it can do so. Well, except. I guess it kind of can't, it, it, because the the May issue thing that allowed some states to deny concealed carry permits that they found that someone didn't need a concealed carry permit that was struck down recently by the Supreme Court oh, right, as right. being unconstitutional. But they could do other things. I mean, that's not that's not requiring them to actually allow gun sales in the state or anything like that. And I'm sure they do all those. I'm sure they jump through all of those hoops in order to limit the impact of guns in California. And, and, of course, gun laws and all of that, all of the restrictions in California, they don't seem to be doing a whole lot to restrict gun violence in California. But Joe Matthews is with us. Well, not literally with us. He wrote an article, and he's complaining about the Supreme Court and why California needs to secede. And I agree with him on all of these points to one degree or another. I say this, he says, not just because Clarence Thomas declared that the courts should cancel the rights to contraception and same-sex marriage. I say this because the court's method of decision-making does not account for California's lives or preferences. And again, these are all federal, so California could still have laws guaranteeing people the right to contraception and the right to same-sex marriage if Mm -hmm. they so choose. But, you know, that's... 
that's not good enough for them. They want to be able to force Texas to also allow those things or to also have those things as rights. I, I just wonder when people are going to tire of forcing other people to their preference. Probably never. I mean, they seem to have infinite stamina for it. Both the guns and abortion decisions rely on peculiar readings of history. Focused on American and English practices of the 18th and earlier centuries, generations before women's suffrage, before slavery's ends, before California was even a state. The decisions employ a mode of historical analogy that lacks the rigor of palm reading, much less serious constitutional analysis. I mean, he, he writes well. I'm just not sure he actually said a whole lot in that paragraph. <laughs> word salad. Lots of words, little meaning. Yes. It was and some very nice words put in a very nice way. But I don't think anything was actually said beyond, you know, they're not paying attention to history, which, yeah. you know, it took me six words to say that. The troubles will persist beyond this court. Given our disenfranchisement, what is to stop a future Congress and president from canceling our protections for women or gay people or minorities or immigrants, our climate laws, or even our commitment to making it easier for our people to vote? Well, you can still do all of those things in California. As an optimist, I previously argued that democratic reforms in California and elsewhere could solve this American crisis. With more and more participatory tools from citizen assemblies to national referenda, the United States could reconstitute itself as a modern democracy. But the open hostility to democracy of this court suggests that such reforms do not stand a chance. And that's one of the issues with democracy in general, right? As everyone is convinced that their view, their position is the majority view. Back when uh, the Roe versus Wade really was first leaked, we had, I think, Dan from Nebraska call in to say, well, ma- the majority of Americans agrees with me that abortion is a right or whatever. And we look into it and it's like, no, it's pretty much 50-50. There's, there's no majority here, but he, that doesn't matter. They're convinced that their view is the majority view. That's why, as fanciful as California secession might sound, the independence clock is ticking closer to midnight. Last year, a University of Virginia poll found 41% support among Biden voters and 52% support among Trump voters for their own states forming their own separate nations. A ticking clock? Oh, no. Well, I mean, 41% of Biden voters and 52% of Trump voters are in favor of independence, according to this University of Virginia poll. I, I don't know. Like, I don't think people quite yet recognize that having... A government is the opposite of independence. Well, they certainly don't. I mean, that's a step too far, right? But secession in general, and their numbers are saying, you know, 40 to 52 percent, 40 percent for Democrats and 50 percent for Republicans are in favor of seceding and forming their own separate nations. And I'm all for that. I mean, here in the United, here in New Hampshire, we've been arguing for a New Hampshire exit for the last, you know, year and a half or whatever long, however long it's been going on. And for a while, I mean, it was nice to have the the conversation out there. The yep. ball got rolling as far as New Hampshire independence goes. They were selling, uh, think Penguin was selling New Hampshire exit t-shirts here all year. And sure I enough. saw a ton, I mean, not not all year, all Porcupine Freedom Festival and Ford Festival. I saw a ton of people in those shirts as well as a ton of bumper stickers and things like that. So it's important to normalize these ideas by talking about them, by getting them out there in the mainstream. Any talk of secession, as far as I'm concerned, is good. 
whether it's California yeah. or Catalonia or New Hampshire or whatever, yeah. it gets people thinking about it and talking about it. Well, and it also takes advantage of the propaganda mechanisms that already exist. So, for example, TV and Hollywood, they all bombard you with the same message over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until eventually it happens. Perhaps that can work in our favor this time with secession. I hope so. It is Free Talk Live. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist, libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com. It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Coming at you from Fort Fest 2022. That's Fort Fest number six here on day number six, actually. And I want to tell you about TruthSmacks.com. They, they are still going. There was some confusion. Uh, apparently, I misunderstood something that was said yesterday. So check them out at TruthSmacks.com. If you like raw, unadulterated ingredients and you like Truth Smacks, I mean, you like trail mix truth smacks is the best out there they actually managed even to find even a type of chocolate that doesn't use soy and that's apparently really hard to do that's truthsmacks.com if you want to find out more again that's truthsmacks.com we had susan with us here on the show uh last week as she was talking to us about her history of making it for people in south korea it was evidently very popular she brought it back here there's two varieties original flavor and peppermint infused Check it out again. That's truthsmacks.com. It's called that because each of these bags, they have a number of truth quotes on the back to help smack your friends and family in the face with the truth in a loving way. Again, that's truthsmacks.com. In your face. That's the idea. And we're talking here about secession and divisions in the United States. That's all really I'm finding to, to talk about today. It's just different perspectives from people. It seems to be... Normal, the mainstream media, from what I can tell, seems to be trying to normalize the idea of secession to people. Like, this is from the New York Times. Spurred by the Supreme Court, a nation divides along a red-blue axis. On abortion, climate change, gun rights, and more, two Americas, one liberal, one conservative, are moving in opposite directions. And I'm all for this. This has been the case for a very long time. The left has wanted to go one way. The right has wanted to go another way. Mm-hmm. Red versus blue, however you wish to characterize it. Now all these things are coming to a head, and presumably they're realizing that all of these differences are indeed irreconcilable. Pressed by Supreme Court decisions, and it's all centered around the Supreme Court. 
Pressed by Supreme Court decisions diminishing rights that liberals hold dear and expanding those cherished by conservatives, the United States appears to be drifting apart into separate nations with diametrically opposed social, environmental, and health policies. Woohoo! Yeah! Right? All right. Sounds fantastic. Call these the disunited states. Or disjointed, I think, is the word he was looking for. And he was trying to be clever. I don't know what he was trying to do there, but it didn't work. The most immediate breaking point is on abortion, as about half the country will soon limit or ban the procedure, while the other half expands or reinforces access to reproductive rights. But the ideological fault lines extend far beyond that one topic to climate change, gun control, LGBTQ, and voting rights, and more, in fact. On each of these issues, the country's northeast and west coast are moving in the opposite direction from its midsection and southeast. With a few exceptions, <laughs> like the islands of liberalism in Illinois and Colorado, and New Hampshire's streak of conservatism. Mm. Uh, libertarianism is what I would characterize it's, New Hampshire's streak it, as. But it's a streak, huh? Interesting. Well, it's been going on for long, for a long time, even where public opinion is more mixed, like in Ohio, Wisconsin, Georgia, North Carolina, and Texas. The Republican grip on state legislatures has ensured that policies in those states conform with those of the reddest states in the union rather than strike a middle ground. Well, you can't reason with liberals and you can't reason with conservatives. Neither one of them is willing to compromise or reach an agreement. And I'm not really sure that, you know, half socialism and half religious conservatism is any better than all socialism or all religious conservatism. Yeah, I mean, it. it, it needs to be said again it's obvious that people when you get to this number of people uh, can't agree on how to live lives and uh, even you know on even smaller things than political things so it makes sense for people with like-minded values principles and ideals to congregate to an area with like-minded people that's the whole idea of the free state project here moving liberty-minded people to new hampshire and it's been remarkably successful And I would suggest that, you know, the liberals out there who want to live in a more liberal country to go to Massachusetts or California or one of these other ultra-liberal states and people who want to live in religious conservatism go to Texas or Florida Mm -hmm. or one of these other states. The tearing at the seams has been accelerated by the six-vote conservative majority in the Supreme Court, which has embraced muscular states' rights federalism. In the past 10 days, the court has erased the constitutional right to an abortion. Well, it was never constitutional, right? They argued that privacy was the constitutional right, and somehow, by weird logic, that expanded to abortion. But they've since thrown that out. Narrowed the federal government's ability to regulate climate change pollution, climate warming pollution, and blocked liberal states and cities from barring most of their citizens from carrying concealed guns outside of their homes. They blocked liberal states and cities from... okay. They allowed people in liberal states and cities to carry concealed guns outside of their homes. That, that would be a better way of putting that. Yeah, it's worded weird. But again, you know, this is the New York Times, so they're coming at it from a perspective. They didn't restore the right of citizens to carry concealed guns. No, they took away the state's rights to tell citizens they could not right, yeah. carry concealed guns. They produced this balkanized house divided, and we're only beginning to see how bad that will be, said David Blight, a Yale historian who specializes in the era of American history that led to the Civil War. 
Historians have struggled to find a parallel moment raising the 19th century fracturing over slavery, the clashes between the executive branch and the Supreme Court in the New Deal era of the 1930s, the fierce battles over civil rights during Reconstruction in the 1950s and early 60s, and the rise of armed violent groups like the Weather Underground in the late 60s. I don't know if any of that picked up or not. It's really unclear. There's some fireworks at the bottom of the hill. It is the 4th of July weekend. It is. And we are here on site at a campground and festival, so you got to expect some sort of thing like that. I suspect most of it did not actually get picked up, but I'm not wearing headphones at the moment to verify that. For some people, the divides have grown so deep and so personal that they have felt compelled to pick up and move from one America to the other. And that's what we did. Right? We, I, I came here from the, from the redneck kick, conservative, Christian-loving South to New Hampshire. Yep. And, I mean, you came here from Seattle, Washington, which is, you know, hard left over On the there. left coast. Yep. So, I mean, I would encourage more people to do this. If you don't like the direction that your state is going... Go to a different state. Don't don't sit there banging your head against the wall trying to change it. This is what libertarians want to do in general. They want to they want to fight it out in California and in uh, Florida with their little tiny libertarian parties that have ten to twelve members or whatever. That's what they want to do, and it's clearly not working. No, but what seems to be working is what we're doing here in New Hampshire. Yes, moving like-minded people to a given geographic area and attempting to you know create a society or an order that is conducive to that like mind. Many and, conser- and things like Porkfest and Forkfest are like the proving grounds or the testing grounds or sandbox, if you will. And it works great. They do somewhat characterize the Porcupine Freedom Festival as a village uh, last week at some point. Yeah. And, you know, they're not wrong. The only thing that keeps the Porcupine Freedom Festival from being like a self-sustained village is that we're only here for like a week out of the year. Right. So we don't have time to grow crops and all of that stuff. But there are farming communities in New Hampshire where those things are happening. And it very well could be that the New Hampshire could generate this self-sustaining economy that just functions internally. And does it have to pull anything in from the outside? And we've, we've seen a smaller microcosm of that here at Rogers Campground. Indeed, we have. And it's pretty cool. It is. Many conservatives have taken to social media because there's nothing more effective than going and bitching on Twitter <laughs> to express thanks over leaving high-tax, highly regulated blue states for red states with smaller government and now laws prohibiting abortion. Others have transited the American rift in the opposite direction. Of course, they quoted one of these people. They, they went out and found a leftist who moved so they could quote him. But they didn't, they didn't look for a conservative to quote. I did everything I could to put my mouth where my money was to bridge the divide with my own actions, said Howard Garrett, a black, gay, 29-year-old from Franklin, Tennessee, <laughs> who ran for alderman in recent years, organized the town's first Juneteenth celebration, and worked on LGBTQ outreach to local schools, only to be greeted with harassment and death threats. Well, I mean, that sucks. But, I mean, yes, if you're an openly gay black man, you probably should leave Tennessee it's the South. They're not friendly to either of those things. There is more coming up here. Is secession inevitable? Talk to us about it at social.freetalklive.com. There's more coming up. It 
It's Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest, day number six, a game of mini golf coming up in just over three hours. In a little over two hours, we're going to be congregating down there at the mini golf area and kicking this thing off. It'll be the first ever Fork Fest. Well, there was a there was a game recently. I, I hesitate to refer to this as a tournament because there's only one round. And as I understand it, for something to be a tournament, there have to be multiple rounds. Yeah. And here's just a bunch of people you know, playing mini golf. We'll just call it the Invitational. Yeah, there we go. The it, Forkfest First Annual Mini Golf Invitational. Acocalypse. Acocalypse. Part six. The four cocks of the, the unflipping Yes. Anyway, it's going to be a great time. Uh, you probably can't make it unless you're already on your way here and are like already on 93 on your way. But anyway, we are talking about the possibility of secession. And New York Times here repre- um, references Howard Garrett, a black gay 29-year-old from Tennessee who moved to Washington, D.C. last year saying people were just sick in their heart. And that was something you can't change. He's right on that note, right? There, there are a lot of people in the United States whose hearts are simply sick. They, they, they don't operate from a place of love, and they can't operate from a place of love. On abortion, history seems to be riffing on itself. Both supporters and opponents of abortion rights see a parallel to the abolition of slavery. As states like Illinois and Colorado vowed to become, quote, safe harbors for women in surrounding states seeking to end their pregnancies, abortion rights advocates see an echo of past efforts by anti-slavery states in the North. But abortion opponents see themselves as emancipating the unborn and often compare the Roe decision's treatment of the fetus to the Dred Scott ruling in 1857 that denied black people the rights of American citizenship. So, I mean, that's sort of what you would expect, right? Both sides in this equation see themselves as the good guys, as the hero fighting for someone's rights. And it's not possible for that to occur. You're not both the good guys. Well, I mean, no, they're, they're both the bad guys, right? Oh, I mean, sorry, not both. Yeah, sorry. yeah, they're both evil. I mean, good and evil are a matter of perspectives, but there was never the most sympathetic, you know, evil villains in fiction out there are the ones who don't know that they're evil. They believe what they're doing is genuinely for the greater good. And most people op- operate under the assumption that they're, what they're doing is for the greater good, when in fact it is not. Conservatives are not resting on their victories. The anti-abortion movement, long predicated on returning the issue of reproductive rights to elected representatives in the states, talks now about putting a national abortion ban before Congress. See, I'm not surprised to hear that. That is the kind of crap conservatives would want to do, right? They want to ban any states from allowing abortion. The whole states' rights masquerade that they tried to that they tried to play over the last several years, they're now revealing that to have just been a masquerade. Yeah. Roger Severino, a leading social conservative and senior official in the Trump administration, invoked the struggle of black Americans for equality, saying the 10 years that passed between the Supreme Court's Brown versus Board of Education decision ending, quote, separate but equal segregation and Congress's passage of the Civil Rights Act in 1964 mirrored the struggle ahead on abortion. I hate the way that the New York Times writes here. That was one sentence. Every single one of their paragraphs here, their, quote, paragraphs is a single sentence i remember learning like in the fourth grade that a paragraph was four to five sentences at some point on the internet that changed and a paragraph became one to two sentences at most 
I, I hesitate to even call these paragraphs. They're, they're blocks of text. Well, run-on sentences that are broken up. have certainly become far more popular recently. That was certainly a sentence that needed to be badly rewritten. I, I was out of breath by the end of that sentence. It, yeah. it needed more whatever. There was one, co- two commas in that entire long-ass sentence <laughs> I just read. <laughs> it's hard to find good help, including writers, apparently. It is. Well, I mean, they don't know how to write anymore. They, they don't actually teach people how to write in journalism school. They teach them how to propagandize, and it doesn't matter if you're a good writer or a bad writer, as long as you can get people to, to buy whatever kind of garbage you're trying to shove down their throats. This guy says, I cannot see us living in two Americas where we have two classes of human beings in this country, some protected fully in law, some who are not protected at all. Well, he needs to just look at history then because that's always been the case in the United States. Even now, there's still some who are fully protected by the law and some who are not protected at all. Yep. On climate change, the court's decision to limit federal regulatory powers has underscored the impasse in Congress over legislation expressly limiting emissions of climate warming pollutants like carbon dioxide and methane. They go on here just like the other guys. I mean, they're just complaining. And uh, good Lord, they, this is the New York Times, so they go on far, far longer <laughs> than they should have. And it's all, God, I can't get over this. Once again, they've carried things too far. There's like 70 words in this, quote, paragraph here, and it's, again, it's two commas. It's absolutely horrible. Right? Anyway, in humorous news, because I'm sick of talking about them, I'm sick of reading leftists who are freaking out because the Supreme Court did a thing, and suddenly they have an issue with the Supreme Court, even yeah. though like, they liked the Supreme Court, you know, two years ago. Far-right group yelled at an empty building. <laughs> Man a, yells at cloud. In a failed drag show blitz, a bar owner says. The hate-filled comments began after June the 8th. So this is kind of old news, apparently, nearly a month ago. After when the owner of a Woodland, California restaurant announced that she would be marking the end of Pride Month with a drag queen happy hour. <laughs> okay. Christina Hayes was holding the June 30th event at Mojo's Lounge and Kitchen. With the same spirit that had prompted her at other times to host a school fundraisers and a car show, it's all about the community, she said. She was surprised to see that the first venomous comment concerning her local nod to pride originated from the faraway Midwest. Well, what does she expect? Th- that's the internet. That's social media. I was wondering, why is this person from Middle America trolling an Instagram posting in Little California? What the hell? Yeah, I mean, yeah, geography <laughs> does, has no place on the internet. Clearly not. And I mean, this person from middle America trolling an Instagram posting in, quote, little California, little old, little old quaint California over there, the largest state in the union. I think Alaska may be slightly larger territorially. I would expect somebody older to maybe think that. Right. But how old is this person? They have an Instagram. 39 years old. Yeah. So they're old enough to know. A subsequent hateful remark was accompanied by a screenshot of her flyer and triggered hundreds of poisonous comments. So that's when we started getting phone calls and Facebook interactions and Instagram interactions with all kinds of hateful people, Hayes said. Like, what is this, her first time on the Internet? And also, it sounds like they went viral. That's true. That could be considered a success in some people's eyes. That's the only reason we're talking about it now. We immediately got in contact with the Woodland... Good Lord. We immediately got in contact with the Woodland Police Department. Oh, jeez. Because that's what people, that's what privileged white people do when, when they're afraid. They turn to the freaking police who kill minorities. When your profile blows up, police are only minutes away. I, I, I can't believe this. LGBTQ person's first response 
is to turn to the police. You know, the people who have historically oppressed and killed LGBTQ people. We immediately got in contact with the Woodland Police Department to let them know about the threat and to kind of formulate how do we move forward to make sure everyone's safe. Well, a good first step would be to not call the police. Good first step. They never make anyone safer. They almost always make things worth worse. Police are not your friends. You cannot trust them. They would just as soon shoot you, Miss Hayes, as they would protect you from... I mean, they probably do agree more with the conservatives out there and what what did she say middle, the, these little people out there in middle america than they do this drag queen bar or whatever that she's got going on well and let's not forget the supreme court has ruled again and again and again that police have no duty to protect you police have no duty to protect you Hayes said that the police department told her it would post a radio car in front of Mojo's and assign two extra officers to the area. And this is all over comments said on Instagram. (laughs) Absolutely insane. (laughs) Then it died down. So two extra officers in the area and a radio and a radio car, whatever that means, all because of Instagram comments. Then it kind of died down a little, Hayes said. And then as the event grew closer, the threat got a little more localized with what we think are the Proud Boys. I'm not really sure who they are, but a local hate group. So she just goes online and like Google's anti-LGBTQ hate groups. So Proud Boys presumably at the t- is at the top of the list. She goes, oh, we're being attacked by the Proud Boys. Someone call the police. Back on June 11th, a group of self-proclaimed Proud Boys had disrupted a drag queen story hour at the public library in San Lorenzo, which is about 90 miles from Woodland. I got to tell you, the kind of people who, you know, raid public libraries to disrupt things, they don't have the $5,000 it costs to pay for the gas to drive 90 miles in California. The menacing intruder shouted homophobic and transphobic slurs. One wore a black and yellow shirt stenciled with an AR-15 and the words, Kill your local pedophile. There's more coming up here. So where are we going with this, you may be wondering. We're going to let you know here in just a moment. There is more coming up. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. And I want to say, I'm, I want to put that off and say that for later, actually. With you today, it's Aria. Chris. And the captain. Chris, you haven't been on with us all week, and I saw you sitting here, and I was like, let's get Chris on. He's not doing anything. Well, I mean, I don't know if you're doing anything or not, but, you know, welcome to the show. I mean, it it's has good been, to be back. It, it is. I mean, it's good to have you back. We're laughing now about this far-right group, and we're curious... Where we're going with this, because there's so much background information here, right? The, this, uh, this LGBT, this drag queen happy hour or whatever was put on Instagram, and it began getting criticism, as you might expect, from... The internet. Yeah, from homophobes and transphobes out there on, on the internet. And there was a drag queen story hour, which is something that... Look, I really wish... Look, can, can we just not... Can, can you just not 
do this directly to kids. I don't even oppose it, but like, can we can we establish the right of trans people to be trans before you establish the rights of drag queens to read stories to kids? Can we focus <laughs> on one issue at a time? And the more important one would be, you know, the right for a trans person to just exist in a place. Can we focus on that before you want to read, you know, green eggs and ham to kids at the local library? Can, can we please... So back on June 11th, a group of self-proclaimed Proud Boys had disru- disrupted this drag queen story hour. One wore a black and yellow stenciled t-shirt, which black and yellow, I recognize those color choices is all I'm saying. Okay. Stenciled with an AR-15 rifle and the words, kill your local pedophile. I want to know by what standard does that constitute any sort of menacing for a drag queen story hour? Right. Like, are there pedophiles, in fact, at Drag Queen Story Hour that are under that? Because everyone here at Forkfest could be wearing a shirt that says, kill your local pedophile. And I wouldn't find that to be menacing because I'm not a pedophile. Right. Exactly. It's one of those things like if you find that to be threatening, you, you may have some crimes you should be confessing to. Perhaps look inward. <laughs> Now, on June the 29th, the left-wing NorCal underscore resist Instagram page posted a copy of Mojo's flyer along with a warning. Community safety alert. Proud boys are planning to crash this event. There seems to be the the NorCal, that's North California, I'm assuming, the NorCal resistance page added. Telegram chat shows that proud boys are planning to crash this drag show in Woodland tomorrow night. Spawning Hayes, of course, to contact the police because if there's anything the LGBTQ community loves, it's the police for some bizarre reason. And I think that that really marks the the differentiating point between uh, white LGBTQ people and like almost everyone else. Right. Uh, People are LGBTQ until they need the police. And then suddenly they're white more than they are anything else. Yeah, You know, it's it's funny uh, that any lgbt person would ever call the police right i I mean like do you not remember the 60s and 70s i mean i guess i I wouldn't but the point is that is is our memory are our memories so small (laughs) well see their memories aren't it's not even about memory to them i don't think i don't remember who said it but it was someone who pointed out exactly this that you know uh, white LGBTQ people are minorities right up until they need the police mm. and then they're white again. Then they're white beyond everything else. And that's exactly what we see Does here. Does that mean they're exercising their privilege? The, the, she, absolutely. The, no, no LGBTQ per- person should be like, man, I sure do miss the police. I sure want th- wish the police were out here protecting me because they're not going to do it. I mean, the police were the ones that were throwing bricks at, at Stonewall in New York yeah. in the 60s yep. and 70s. The police have never been friends to the LGBTQ community. And again, they have no duty to protect you. Nope. They don't. And I think that was sort of the issue in the Orlando shooting, if I remember correctly. I, d- I don't remember because that was so many years ago. It's interesting to think about that, though, the Supreme Court ruling that police have no the duty numerous to Supreme numerous Court rulings. rulings. Because uh, citizenship, if I remember correctly, is defined as uh, a duty of allegiance in exchange for a duty for protection. Yes. Is, I believe, it. So if there is no duty to protect you, then there are no citizens. And I wonder, who are they protecting me from? Well, presumably, I mean, that's a good question, right? Um, I, the police have certainly threatened me more, and the FBI has done more to threaten me and do violence against me than any 
number of other people. I, I don't think there's a person in America who has not been threatened more by police than they have been, you know, supposedly protected. I mean, I, I can recall plenty of interactions with police. I don't remember a single one of them where I've had an interaction with somebody violent where the police have protected me from them. No, absolutely not. So Hayes contacted the police with an update to let them know that the new kind of threat, she said. They doubled the extra officers that were going to be on duty and notified other departments to be on standby. I think they also said that they forwarded the threats to the FBI. And as far as I can tell, there there were no threats. Proud Boys were attending intending to attend this drag show and they referred to it as crashing but like there's weddings down here at Forkfest this year Mm -hmm. and I would refer to it as crashing the wedding for me to appear unannounced and unexpected but that's not any act of violence or anything like that I'm just attending the wedding Mm. in a way where I was not expected that's all it means to crash an event yep yeah but Hayes says a number of the acts scheduled quote didn't feel comfortable performing that night and so they canceled, Hayes said. And so we canceled the show. So the Proud Boys got what they wanted. The show ended up getting canceled because some of the drag artists I mean, didn't want to. The, the, the Proud Boys won only because the uh, other side gave up, right? Like right. they could have proceeded. Well, they could have, but they, they felt and then, and then the Proud Boys went a one. <laughs> no, certainly not. I mean, it would have been easy to overcome the Proud Boys here, you know, just go into your thing anyway and, you know, exist peacefully. I mean, if if what they did by calling the police in the first place actually was effective, you know, and it actually did anything, then they could have just continued. Yeah, sir, that's an excellent point as well. But clearly they felt like the now four police officers and presumably the two radio cars that were there for this drag queen event weren't enough. A lot of people wanted, still wanted to come out and support a pride, so we were basically open for business still, like regular. Hayes decorated what she calls an out, upscale, casual neighborhood bar and restaurant with pride, rainbow colors, and flags. Instead of doing the, the drag show, they just threw up some gay flags. And we had a great crowd of people from like 4.30 on. The place was packed. People eating dinner, having drinks, appetizers, just having a good time. Around 7 p.m., three figures arrived to make a great evening even better. Wow, Yahoo's not even trying to be... Well, I'm not surprised. Two drag kings. I have never in my life heard of a drag king. Literally, this is, is the first time... a drag king? This, I don't know. This is the first time I've ever seen the, I've ever seen the term drag mm, king I in my life. Huh. I can't muster that term. I, I can't either. I'm trying to picture... Because I know what drag queens look like. You know, way too much makeup. Everything just extravagant to the maximum. But how do you do that for a male? Right? Well, got, do, I mean, do you have is the it, is giant a, wizard beard? Is it a female dressing up as a male? I don't know how it could be anything else, Presumably. right? Uh, you know, the only thing I can think of is like men in suits going down a runway of some kind. Right, That's like more a fashion super conservative, thing, not a, you know, not a drag type show. But this would be women wearing suits. Right. right. I mean, how would you how would you and like maybe wearing ball How would you go to the extreme with wearing suits to the point where it becomes like a drag type show? I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that because I have never heard of a drag king before. I mean, I know lesbians often wear suits, um, you know, like male suits. Well, some of them. Um, well, yeah. That's like the I mean. butch ones. Yeah, I, the butch, I used yeah. to I used to but think that drag racing was drag. just driving really fast with women's clothes on. <laughs> yeah. See, what surprised me recently was to learn that, you know, the flannel thing from like the 90s and the lesbians, that persists to today. Oh, really? I didn't know that until very hmm. recently when it became 
very important very suddenly for me to understand that flannel meant lesbian. Mm. To me, it was just like, okay, well, it's kind of chilly. I get it. No, I evidently, I knew that was the case back in like the 90s, right? But I thought that went away. Like the the 90s lesbians dressed like the 80s of some other thing. I don't remember the thing now, but. There's a lot of interesting, if you get into the gay community, uh, there's a lot of interesting things that you learn. Like Hawaii, if you wear a Hawaiian shirt, you're gay, which clearly isn't the case <laughs> oh wait wait <laughs> but, i think wait, i remember wait. that yeah that, but is, that's a thing doesn't like, that describe all of the boog boys <laughs> yeah but it could also mean you're a boog boy certainly yeah. there is more coming up here because i still haven't <laughs> talked about what actually happened here but there is more coming up from fork fest 2022 it is free talk live It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Absolutely beautiful day here, almost a clear blue sky. Weather is perfect. The The rain that we got this morning and last night broke the temperature a little. Now it's right back down there to being just absolutely perfect, idyllic here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire for Fort Fest 2022. I want to say thank you to Michael, who is tonight's amplifier. Michael, I'm sorry, I'm not going to attempt your last name. Michael is a platinum level amplifier, which means that Michael is giving uh, $25 per month to the AMPS program. Of course, we don't ask that. I'm sorry? I said, wow, thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. All we ask is $5 per month. That's what gets you in. And it does come with like the AMP-only podcast. There's an AMP-only Facebook group and even an AMP-only chat on the Matrix server. I don't even know who oversees that. But it's not me, and I don't think it's Ian either. I think it was just some of the amplifiers who created it. Not entirely sure, but it does have those features. But really, the reason you should join is because you value the ideas of liberty, and you want to help us reach a larger audience. That's what the AMPS program is used for, is to advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. So, Michael, thank you so much for your contributions. We're sitting here. I'm a little bit disappointed. Yahoo paints a very long, very very long story about this drag queen happy hour or whatever it is that they were having. And you know, so I, I'm kind of happy that it gave us the, the chance to look up a drag king. They look like gay dudes. I mean, they, they very much do. They, the, uh, the, the mustache is a given. You have to have the mustache. It's always one of those little thin prince mustaches, you know? Oh, it's not a porn stash? Some of them have porn stashes. Some of them have what I could only describe as pedo stashes. Some of them have the pirates. But, I mean, most of them, at least, are those are those super thin prince ones. Or, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, pompadours, haircuts seem to be big, and top hats, strangely enough. So it is women dressing up as men. A lot of them wear suits and top hats for whatever reason. I got to say, a lot of these drag queens are, like, super attractive. You cannot tell they're women. <laughs> wearing men's clothes or whatever like like wow that's surprising but anyway so that's what a drag king is and the the phrase drag king is so foreign to me that every time i see it i want to just say drag queen right so we're talking now about this event in california of all places where this lady posted on instagram about an upcoming drag queen drag queen happy hour at her restaurant or bar or whatever and she got some threats or she got some Statements from the Proud Boys that they were going to attend, and she called the police, you know, like a privileged white person would. The police posted four separate officers in that area and at least one radio car. And the Wait, Jack the Queens- police did something? 
Well, they were present. <laughs> I, I don't know Be- what okay. that is actually right. doing. Police right. often often show their presence without actually doing anything. You're right. To it doesn't you. qualify as doing something. Yeah, yeah they other were than being present. They were present. And, but this wasn't enough. Some of the drag queens and kings still felt unsafe, so they canceled. And the drag show, in result, was canceled. But she handled this by throwing up a bunch of gay flags. And apparently, some drag queens and kings showed up anyway. Two drag kings and a drag queen, he said. I had maybe like 20 minutes to notice that this was happening. And they showed up, and they just did like a third, little 30-minute lip sync, dance around, stand-up comedy routine. The show ended around 7.45. Everyone was taking pictures with the drag queens having a great time. The night was winding down at 7.45 p.m. It doesn't sound like it was a very good time. A number of people were moving to leave when a half dozen young men appeared outside. Just before 8.15, the Proud Boys, or whoever they were, started marching, walking up First Street. Everyone that was outside that was leaving moved back inside. Hayes and her staff closed and locked the doors. What an overreaction. They act like they're in Nazi Germany and the Gestapo's coming down the streets. It's some, it's some idiot hillbillies with a flag or a sign. They're not threatening you. Everyone that was outside was leaving. They moved back inside. We closed and locked the doors. Officers were standing on either side of the entrance. Police officers. So what were these people so freaking terrified of? For a short while, there was a standoff. People inside then opened the doors and moved to leave. The police called for them to close the door as the young men tried to barge inside, presumably in wow. violation of trespassing ordinances. And, you know, the police could have arrested these guys. They were clearly not welcome, and they were clearly trying yeah. to batter I down mean, the door or that, bust I don't through know the door. What the, I don't know what the laws are there, but, like, in New Hampshire, if they were told to leave... Uh, and they refused. They, they they could be arrested for trespass. Good point. And it is California, so they may not have the right to refuse, you know, service to certain patrons. Yeah, that could be. They were trying to push their way in, and someone from inside Mojo's pepper sprayed. Good lord! One of the aggressors directly in the face. Police body cam footage shows young men immediately falling back along with several officers. So shows young men immediately falling back along with several officers. I'm confused about the the are the officers with the Proud Boys? Are they also falling, falling back? back? I mean, falling yeah. back sounds like they moved away because they didn't want to be harmed by the Proud Boys. In theory, well, they didn't want to be mean, harmed by the pepper anything, spray. Sounds like right. the pepper spray was the most recent thing that happened, and then young men began falling back along with several officers. So. It sounds to me like they were tried pepper spraying the cops. I mean, I get why you would want to do that. Yeah. But that's why the police moved away. Hate such as that first stirred in online comments was now taking the form of slurs and epithets from the young men who called those inside pedophiles and more colorful language. The restaurant door was locked again. Why didn't you just leave? Oh, because it's California. So none of the patrons there were armed and able to defend themselves against this homophobic I mean, transphobic you know this attack. actually sounds to me like government agents of some kind um or somebody working for government to stir this kind of stuff up unfortunately with pepper spray or bear spray, i don't put it past it. i mean the internet's filled with hateful people right and yeah th- this all originated on telegram and instagram both of which you know are filled with hateful people yeah so it's not surprising to me that they were able to muster up, you know, a dozen people out there in California to attend this thing and to shout, you know, transphobic slurs or whatever. It's not surprising to me. 
Unfortunately, with pepper spray or bear spray or whatever it is, it just doesn't hit its target, Hayes said. So it created a, a pepper spray cloud inside the restaurant. And so everyone evacuated Ooh. out of the back of the restaurant. So they, they got the cops there to protect them. The cops, through this story so far, have done absolutely freaking nothing so to help. Hard. And then, in trying to defend themselves, they filled the entire restaurant with pepper spray and had to evacuate out of the back door. Yeah, if that stuff sprayed indoors, that's that's. I mean, that's like a chemical. It will you will exit that uh, space very I could quickly. See him, I guess him just going, "Hey, uh, you think this is enough? Ah, go for it." This First story gets. This story gets even more stupid. One person suffered what appeared to be either an asthma or panic attack and was quickly treated by EMTs. So EMTs also, they managed to get EMTs onto the site. There's multiple police officers on the site. (laughs) Someone's trying to pepper spray someone else. They filled the restaurant with pepper spray and had to evacuate. But it's clearly a stable situation here. EMTs don't rush into situations that are unstable. The first, they will sit back there and wait on the police to clear out a situation before they go in. The Proud Boys or whoever those guys were shouting at an empty building, Hayes said. Everyone was going home and leaving already, so they didn't stop anything. But they did terrorize people, and that's kind of their main objective. So all of that was happening behind the building. People started going home after all of this was going on, and the Proud Boys just sort of hung out there for a little while, yelling at this empty building. It was just a fiasco all the way around out there in California. Everyone crying to be the victim of someone else. There is more coming up here from ForkFest. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live from the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire here at Fort Fest 2023. That's Fort Fest number six here at Rogers Camp Run. It's an absolutely beautiful day. And here we are joined, it's Aria, joined by uh, Chris and the captain. And I like to say that Coinbase is the devil, by which I mean oh, yeah. Coinbase has allied itself with the devil, that is the state. They have allied themselves together. Coinbase, Kraken, Gemini, Binance, all of these major cryptocurrency exchanges. What they're trying to do is create a situation where the average person out there, they're trying to destroy the peer-to-peer nature of cryptocurrency. They want to be the gatekeepers. If you have Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever cryptocurrency, they want the circumstances to exist where you had to have gotten it through them. These are the guys who want to outlaw cash effectively. And when they only want to outlaw, they do want to outlaw cash, but they want to be the replacements for the modern banking system. Sure, Sure. They don't want to get rid of Wells Fargo and all of them. Mostly, they want to more okay, like merge let's, with them. Let me rephrase this: They're working with the people who want to outlaw cash. The government doesn't like cash, and we've seen all around the world uh, governments actually uh, re- reducing the size of the bills to a point where they become cash becomes not useful anymore. And these are, these guys, but they're basically working with them. The only problem I have with the sort of conspiracy surrounding governments wanting to eliminate cash is, but they are. How will these politicians receive their bribes in deer semen oh okay 
That, I mean, that's the, that's the big thing in Texas, right? Uh, a, a stick of deer semen, I don't remember what it's called, and we covered this a number of years ago on uh, called a Freedom, but it's very valuable. It was like $10,000 worth or something like that, and politicians could be gifted that, and then they could sell it, and it wasn't a bribe because they weren't, and it, and it wasn't considered, you know, a campaign contribution or any of this other stuff. It was the equivalent of giving someone, you know, $10,000 worth of cocaine or whatever. Right, so what you're saying is they've written legislation to give themselves loopholes. Yes, which is more or less what you would expect. But I mean, you could always—they could always take bribes in Monero. You're absolutely right, though. Uh, they don't want to see a full abolition of the U.S. dollar. Not to do banks. They want to get rid of the cash version, sure, yeah. certainly, but only if they have some other mechanism of receiving untraced bribes yeah, and things it, like that. Exactly. It, it's they want to end privacy. Uh, they want to end cash for you know us, the people. Yes, right. but not for themselves. Right, exactly. And um, Coinbase is enabling this. They are part of the evil yep. machine that cryptocurrency was created to destroy. We knew this would happen, right? We knew that some evil institution would rise up and would try to co-opt the cause of cryptocurrency. Blockstream, by the way, is the main evil player in this particular story. They would rise up and try to take control of the cryptocurrency world and use it to perpetuate the very system that cryptocurrency was created to destroy. Libertarians may have uh, been the early adopters of cryptocurrencies, but they're not the ones leading the charge to effectively undermine the, the very objectives of what libertarians uh, have brought to the table. No, uh, that's the World Economic Forum and Coinbase and Kraken and Gemini exactly. and the U.S. government. Yeah. So what is Coinbase up to now? Because yeah. I, there's nothing that Coinbase could do that would surprise me, except for, I, I think his name is Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, coming out recently on Twitter and saying something like, you know, not your keys, not your crypto, or something to that effect, which was uh, surprising. I mean, that's just because it's a popular statement. Um, he didn't say it in those terms. He said in response to Ukraine and the people in Russia getting cut off or something okay. like that. Well, that makes more sense. He said something to that effect of, hey, you know, oh, we're I think, sorry. I think that was a reaction to like the, the news of somebody getting ripped off. I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure it was in regard to Ukraine and the embargoes against Russia. Because I covered it with Ian and I think Conan. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not saying you're not correct, but I'm saying that be, because people in the Ukraine were... There were some people who were using cryptocurrency to like flee or whatever. Uh, I think somebody lost their crypto as a result of trying to use it or put it somewhere, or trusting someone they shouldn't have. And so then uh, that's why he made that statement, just to remind people that if you put your money somewhere, you know, other than an exchange, it's probably a much better bet than leaving it on an exchange. I understand what you're saying, but the reason he said the particular one that I'm remembering was because people in Ukraine or Russia or one of them weren't able to cash out and use that money to flee, and it was because the government had forbidden them from doing so. So they were like, well, look, you should have cashed out a long time ago. Yeah. And mm. you know, that's good advice. But that, that was the only thing I've ever seen from Coinbase, more to the point. That was the sure, only yeah. thing I've ever seen from them that surprised me. I mean, if you have the crypto and you control the keys... It's hard for governments to actually stop you from using it to flee, presuming that people will accept it as well. Right. So that's just one of the importances of getting it uh, more widely adopted is when the time comes, it's better to have others already accepting it than to have to try to explain to them how to accept it or use it. 
And Coinbase is one of these evil companies where just because you bought Bitcoin on Coinbase doesn't mean you can easily withdraw it to your own private wallet. I think Cash App makes this easier than Coinbase, if I remember correctly. It's been sounds like it. It's been close to two years since I've you know got to really play with cryptocurrency, but sure. Cash App made it pretty easy. I understand PayPal recently enabled the feature, but Coinbase. I remember at one point buying cryptocurrency on Coinbase, and I don't know what it was. It wasn't an especially large amount or anything like that. But when I attempted to withdraw it, they were like, hey, we got to hold this for five days. Yeah, Just, seven days or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. I was like, for five business days on top of I that. I wonder so if like, that's still why? true. Well, they did it then. I mean, like I said, this was two, maybe three or four yeah. years ago. I don't remember exactly how long. It would be long, nice to have somebody who could tell us that. Well, this, at first it was to... Um, you prevent fraud, and then also it was to incentivize you to sign up for a full account on their uh, their trading platform because mm, you could yeah. just sign up for their mm, exchange based wallet without signing up for their trading platform. And so, if you wanted to upgrade, then you could get it out faster. Then you could get it out yeah. faster, right? Go figure. It's uh, these are these are pretty uh, unshocking uh, tactics that companies will use. And this is one of these reasons why I, I can't stand use. There's so many products on the market that I just can't stand using or companies I can't stand buying from. Um, well, Coinbase you know. is the devil. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But tell us, what, what are they up to yeah, so now? This is from The Intercept, and uh, the story is cryptocurrency titan Coinbase providing geo-tracking data to ICE. So That's Immigration Customs and Enforcement or uh, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's uh-huh. the institution that is rounding up immigrants from you know Texas and yep. Arizona and, and New Mexico them, yeah. mm-hmm. or throwing them in FEMA camps. Yeah. That's the institution doing this. Yeah. I mean, uh, concentration camps. I mean, I think that's probably a better way to phrase it. So Coinbase Um, and their tax dollars are literally going to pay for this atrocity. And they're also providing geolocation data to the governments committing these atrocities in order to help them commit these atrocities. Tell me again that Coinbase isn't the devil. This is, is, I think, a good strong argument for why we need to see more uh, privacy-friendly cryptos uh, out there like Monero. Uh, We seem to have gone and cryptocurrencies adopted, you know, it's, there's a lot of users these days. Um, I mean, way more than libertarians, but we're still we're still uh, being held back. I think from from the greater vision by the lack of uh, merchant tools and, and things of that nature. Um, the merchant tools thing is definitely killing privacy. It's definitely killing cryptocurrency. I think Bitpoint, yeah. BitPay is probably the most ubiquitous, and you know, it it's it's useful. It does its job. It, but it's not perfect. It's not as I don't know that it's as widespread as it was um, a number of years ago. Uh, we have a lot more AnyPay usage. We have a lot more. Dude, AnyPay isn't even a drop in the bucket compared to BitPay. Um, no, I, I agree with you there. But um, online, there's also other solutions that I've seen more getting more adoption. Um, I mean, some places called- take cryptocurrency directly, like the VPN that I sure. used to use, uh, Winscribe. Absolutely amazing service, amazingly low price, and they take Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, there's a lot more places using things like BTC Pay Server, as an example, um, or mm, yeah. others. Um, there are some others. So it's it's not as... I don't think it's as... It, back in the day, when I first started accepting... My business first started taking crypto, BitPay was the only option. Right. I mean, almost. And then there was an issue with them not allowing Bitcoin Bitcoin Cash or something like that. So certainly while, none of these yeah. centralized methods. I mean, ideally, you could just pop, throw your QR code up there on the internet, right? And let that be your payment processor. Cut out the middleman why? entirely. And there's still people doing that. There is more coming up here. We're going to show you why Coinbase is the devil. It is Free Talk Live.
It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground here in the beautiful Wyoming at New Hampshire, celebrating Forkfest number six, Forkfest 2022 year. And this is the last show that's going to be done from Forkfest here this year. I've already notified uh, Ian and Bonnie and all of them that, you know, tomorrow we're not going to be able to do a show and still break down and all of that stuff. And, right, right. Because you got to leave the campsite oh, by yeah. 2 o'clock or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm planning yeah. to break down today. I actually started doing it while, while, while we were recording. So. Yeah, I, I can't say that I blame you. I mean, the it would be one thing if we were still going to make the fireworks show, but we're not. And we didn't realize that until we got up here that the fireworks are going to be taking place at night on July the 3rd. On Sunday, yeah. Yeah, which we assumed it would be the Saturday before. Instead, it's actually the Sunday before, and that's going to be tomorrow night, which require all of us to rent a motel room for an additional day or the yep. campsites for an additional day or whatever, and then stay an additional day. And none of us were really like anticipating that right but anyway we are here you can check us out at forkfest.party we're leaning toward having it at the beginning of the porcupine freedom festival next year we haven't reached a consensus about that and i mean obviously we don't really reach a consensus on these sort of things because we don't really plan any things because no one's really in charge of it unofficially i'm saying that it's going to be before por- it's, the- it's it's an unofficial consensus i think is the best yeah. way to describe it you get to advertise it however you want and uh if, if, if you're in the majority well then that's probably when it's going to happen well if you get to advertise it however you want then it doesn't really matter if you're the majority or not that's true um and we have had years where people have advertised it i mean not a whole lot but as being before when we were mo- yeah. where everybody was basically going after so there was a couple people here that were calling fork fest you know the event before the Pokemon Freedom Festival when, when the majority were actually doing it after. The one before, as I understood it, was always Somalia Fest. And that, that sort of carried on being Somalia Fest after Fort Fest moved to after the Pokemon yeah, Freedom it, Festival. It's, some people were calling it Fork Fest still. Um, and the one year we had uh, people calling the Porcupine Freedom Festival and the second week, uh, or the, I, maybe it was the first week. Uh, it was both the, weeks. The whole both thing, weeks. Fork the whole Fest, thing Fork too. Fest, right. So Yeah, the Free State Project was not happy with us about that. Though, so I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> well, there's we could, no central organization. So, but there is you know. for the Porcupine Free. Well, we were there's no central organization. No, but we're the ones literally on the air promoting it. Sure, so, I mean, sure. There's no organization, but we as individuals are responsible are responsible for what we were saying. Well, but it I don't want to piss off. I don't even the, think it was us saying it. I think it was uh, it was other people saying. Oh no, it. we we were saying it. We, we were we? Oh yeah. Oh, well, I don't know if you were, but I certainly was. I mean, we oh, the people we, I recall we saying almost it, mockingly um, said had, Pork Fest is this thing happening down there at the bottom of the hill. Okay, we, we said that okay. repeatedly. I think, I think that was though during, not prior to the people who were saying it during, and that was mostly the people who were attending part of Fork Fest were saying, "Well, Pork Fest is now now because things have changed. Now we're, I'm I'm at least considering it. You know." Porkfest is also part of Certainly, we can't do anything about what those individuals want, but we were saying it on the radio here, like sitting across from Carla Garrick at the FTL site (laughs) saying this. I mean, we we were a bit, you know... Well, she doesn't even like the Porkfest curse, period. Yes, she does. Carla's fine. Carla loves us. I'm pretty sure she was cringy when we interviewed her in prior years on it. She was cringy one particular year, and that had nothing to do with Porkfest. That was 100% up to me and the Reformed Satanic Church and the fact that I had just... I very publicly attempted to give the Free State Project a donation on behalf of the Reformed Satanic Church in order to pay for volunteers and bathroom soap and stuff like that. Hmm. 
which was declined as a donation. So I just decided to, you know, forgive and forget and to donate $50 from the Reformed Satanic Church to Carla Garrick, Garrick's Senate campaign. So right there on her list of campaign contributors was Reformed Satanic Church, an organization from which she had just attempted to decline a donation <laughs> from, right? I was meant, I meant it as a sign of good faith. Like, look, I don't hold anything against you. I mean, here, here's 50 bucks for a Senate campaign. <laughs> but, you know... This frustrated her, and you know she she was not happy with me for about it, and you know she didn't want to have anything to do with me. But that's ancient history. Carla and I buried that hatchet, you know, two oh, years yeah. ago. Oh yeah, I mean, Carla still talks with us. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I think you may have over, <laughs> you know, cr- cr- uh, you know, you're if you if you. Yeah. You know, grudgingly accept something. That doesn't necessarily mean you hate the person that, that you're... Well, she didn't even grudgingly accept it. I mean, the, the issue with that particular donation was that there is no mechanism for you to say, no, I don't want to accept this money. Send it back to the sender. Right. The, no such mechanism exists in the U.S. financial system. So, I mean, she was kind of stuck with it at that point. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, all, all of that's in the past, and I, I don't think she ever had any issue with Forkfest. Or I mean, she was on the Free Talk Live with Ian yeah. that particular year. She was just under the stipulation that I couldn't be there when it happened. Okay. So I mean, it, it, she wasn't upset with Forkfest or anything like that. She was just specifically upset with me, and you know, rightfully so. I maybe I'm maybe I'm not maybe it's not uh, Carla that I'm thinking of, but I, I definitely know that some people within the Porcupine uh, or the FSP Free State Project um, were not terribly happy, and they've taken our money in the past for to sponsor Forkfest, um, but they haven't put signs up the way they used to. There's there's just things that have changed as a result of the sponsor the lead sponsorship being uh under the forkfest banner i'm not i'm not sure that's true i did i went down to the pavilion a number of times this year and uh porcupine real estate and goldbacks were their top sponsors and i didn't see any signage or anything for porcupine real estate or goldbacks and and that changed as a result of the forkfest sponsorship the only year i remember actually seeing major signage was when dash sponsored the pavilion so you can go back to all basically past uh porcupine frame festivals and you will always see in the videos uh it was always very prominent the signage of the top sponsors so and they have moved it from well send me some of these videos well send me some of these videos because i've been this is my sixth year and i don't remember any of that I mean, being the this case, is except for the one year where they were was, sponsored by Dash. This is an, this is in fact why we actually stopped sponsoring um, the, the Parkland Freedom Festival. Uh, is because well, it's because they, they they botched last year for sure, but I'm not sure they botched it because it was Forkfest. I think that's just part of the decentralized approach approach they're taking. Like I said, you know, Goldback was one of their top sponsors this year, and Goldback didn't have any signage anywhere here at the Porcupine um, Freedom Festival. No, Goldback made a different deal with the FSP, and that. That was to get a scent, uh, a tent in a non uh, campground spot at the entrance of the park. So their deal right. was different, and their deal also well, was... Porcupine Freedom Fest. I mean, the Porcupine Real Estate also had no signage down there. I'm saying if your agreement, if the agreement between Forkfest and the Porcupine Freedom Festival didn't stipulate us getting a special spot up there that's not a campsite or right. a large sign or whatever, buyer beware, we're the ones who didn't ask for that when we gave them money. Right? Um, yeah, so so I, I think the issue is the terms of the contract uh, stipulated um, signage in the pavilion, and it was not in a place where people could see it. And uh, but but it was technically there. It was that technically sort of thing. there, and that was the, uh. that's that's effectively the main issue. 
and this is it is it is technically correct that every year that we attempted to sponsor we forgot to say okay let's add to make sure that it's in the video or on the stage where people can see it that's sort of our fault you know buyer beware i I agree with you on that however i don't think it was fulfilled the contract was fulfilled in good faith i don't know i mean i wasn't the one who gave them the donation or whatever so it's not on me to say but tell us a little bit more and we we are sort of running out of time here today but tell us some more about what coinbase is up to absolutely i think this first paragraph sums it up pretty well coinbase the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the united states is selling immigration and customs enforcement so they're selling the data they're not just i mean it would be bad enough if they were giving the data to the evil institution that is immigration customs enforcement a suite of features used to track and identify cryptocurrency users according to contract documents shared with the intercept if i understand this correctly they're not just talking about coinbase data they're talking about the tools uh to track effectively crypto. like some of these blockchain.info yeah. tracking yeah. things that's, that's sort um, of nonsense yeah and um it's kind of it, no this is not every cryptocurrency so the, to the best Obviously, of my understanding monero. this is right not going to work for monero or other uh privacy friendly cryptocurrencies but you know for things like bitcoin uh it certainly works probably bitcoin cash probably um ethereum i believe was listed in here as well well ethereum's so. easily traceable right like yep. i could just about tell you what my very first ethereum address was because they it was the only address at the time i had that was not an hd and i don't remember what hd stands for but it's basically a rotating wallet where every time you receive funds it generates a new address for you ethereum right. doesn't do that so I, I could just about remember in full what that very first Ethereum address I ever had was simply because I used it so many times. So Ethereum has never claimed to be a privacy coin or to be privacy friendly. And you know, the, the, the disturbing part about this is how cheaply they sold out. They made uh, they licensed the software for twenty nine thousand, just twenty nine thousand uh, dollars, U.S. dollars. So annual. Um, I, I you know per month. I, I, I believe that's a year, but let me see here. Potentially worth one. Most licenses would be for like a year, yeah, but we uh, are out of time yep. for today. I'm not surprised to hear it. Coinbase is evil, and they are literally selling their souls to the devil here. Great. You can join us in the meantime over at our social media server. That's social.freetalklive.com. Again, that's social.freetalklive.com. Thanks for joining us at Forkfest this year. It's been Free Talk Live.